Hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. I will say, since we had Aubrey, I have, I have thought about adding to our family through adoption a number of times. Like, like every time I watch the show's Parenthood or, or This Is Us, especially now that I'm about to be an empty nester. Like, I'm going to miss my babies so much, being able to walk into their bedroom every night and, and uh, run my fingers through their hair and, and kiss their cheeks and, and pray over them. Uh, I've thought about adoption a number of times around the holidays. The thought of having a table full of kids coming back home is just so cool to me because I love being a dad. I think it's my greatest calling. It's definitely my greatest joy. And I think the Bible's pretty clear it's God's too. It's why you're here, like, like why you're on earth, not, not where you're sitting. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling, I Am Adopted. Hello and welcome to Chew On That, a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay. My name is Dallas and this week we're discussing week 13 from the sermon series, The Book of Ephesians. And joining me here today is my friend, Jake the Snake Roberts. Actually, no, no, that's a typo. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just Jake Roberts. <laughs> What's up, brother? Oh, that, that's a wrong, that's, that's macho man. That's macho. That's been. Was, it so, felt right. Awesome. So uh, Jake uh, helps uh, here at Catalyst, which is our um, student ministry, and he's with the eighth grade boys, and it's so great because he um, he's such a big dude, and uh, his co-leader, uh, Jermaine, one of my friends also, is also a big dude, and so to see two big dudes worshiping, it's really, really great. So hey, tell us a little bit about yourself as we're getting started today. Yeah, for sure. So first, thanks for uh, inviting me. Oh, this thank is awesome. You. Yeah. Yeah. Feel feel awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, Jake Roberts. Um, so I'm a, a dad to two little girls, Emerson and Parker. Uh, they're six and almost four. Mm-hmm. Uh, husband, uh, wife, AJ. Um, I'm a engineer by or electrical engineer by degree. Okay. Um, but I've worked a little bit everywhere. So I've done uh, work for Procter and Gamble, and I've designed roller coasters for a few years and he's just he's designed roller coasters yes Yes. oh my gosh i would have led with that right hi hi, i'm jake (laughs) i designed roller coasters (laughs) (laughs) it was uh i will never have a job as cool or or as scary yeah i bet (laughs) i did one i did one in pittsburgh and i was the first human to ever ride it Oh like, my goodness. Yeah, like me and AJ are joking. Like, yeah. hey, insurance is all squared away. I'm like, good to go. <laughs> hey, I uh, had a test dummy on it. Uh, actually, you're the test dummy. Right? Like, what? Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So so that's uh that's super cool. And yeah. Um so now I'm a project engineer and nice. do that. So uh I love it too. I, I remember I was saying that you know you help us with Callus, but I remember our first meeting. Do you remember our first meeting with Callus? I, I do. Uh we met at the exchange and I didn't put your number in my phone yet. And I was also going to meet with someone who wanted to help in the kids ministry, because I am the kids and youth pastor here at Life Church in Green Bay. And I remember thinking I was going to meet with one person, and but I was meeting with you. And then at the same time, I had this panic moment where I was like, did I book two people at the same time? And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, that's the one thing you do remember. One thing you probably don't remember is I do this thing with people named Jake 
and I think their name is Jack. And I'll have it in my head. So I don't know if you remember this. You uh, probably don't. It was a while ago. I never said your name in that meeting until you wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> because it's in my head. Again, I don't think I've ever, I don't know the last time I met a Jack. But every right. time I meet a Jake, I'm like, is it Jake or Jack? Yeah. Is it Jake or Jack? <laughs> and I keep doing that over and over and over again. And so uh, so I had, you know, we, we were going through the packet and stuff and I filled it out and I go, I'm looking over and I said, oh, oh, hey, well, Jake, I'm so glad. I'm like, it's Jake. It's Jake. <laughs> but then it. when I found out your name was Jake Roberts, I was like, oh, I'll never forget that. Jake the Snake. So, uh, yeah. So it was just kind of a fun moment. But, hey, here at Chewing Out, here what we're going to do is so we've watched, listened, re-listened to the message, and we just kind of took out a couple things that really really stood out to me. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to do what kind of what the podcast says. We're going to kind of listen to some message, uh, some clips, and then just kind of chew on a little bit. So let's jump into the first one. Now, here's the question. How are we going to do this? Like, that's a list. Six do nots and 10 do's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how many of you stopped taking notes or you even tuned out because the list got too long? You, you were like, I don't, uh, I mean, bro, look, like that's a lot. <laughs> and I'll give you that, it is a lot, right? But imagine being the children of Israel, just in the first five books, which are incidentally called the law, there are more than 600 do's or do nots, more than 600 rules or 600 laws. How in the world do you even remember them? Never mind obey them. How do we follow them? Well, we change our perception of God and our perception of ourselves. Rather than seeing God as the rule giver and us as the rule keeper, we realize we've been adopted by God into his family. Like he's our father and we're his kids. So, so we're not just learning rules. We're getting to know our dad. We're, we're learning, we're asking, what would he do and what would he not do? How, how would he respond and how would he react? And the more we can answer those kind of questions of what he would do and how he would react, the more we can be imitators as beloved children. So a couple things kind of stood out to me in that clip. Um, I have n- never been, I wasn't adopted um, and I've not adopted a child, but I do remember adopting a dog. And uh, this was, I love this dog. His name was Wally. I named him after the flash. And uh, he was a dog that we got through um, a family member, family member. So, and, um, and then he gave him to us because that family member, because it was just, he was in a very abusive situation, uh, left outside in the cold, um, beaten constantly, just kind of in a really rough spot. And so when we adopted him, he was very like, it, it was, it took a lot of time to say, Hey, we're not, we're, we're for you. We're not against you. And, um, but when he realized <laughs> as a dog that, Hey, we're going to feed you every day. We got a bed for you to lay in. We have a house for you to be a part of. You don't have to stay outside. It, he became the best dog I ever had. I mean, never had potty problems with him. Never had him. He didn't destroy anything. I mean, he was just a great, great dog. Uh, when our twins were born, he didn't like, he was very like respectful of like, if they were on the couch, he didn't go on the couch. He just stayed. It was, and so to me, it was like, there was this part of him going like, I'm great. And that's how I interpret it. I'm grateful that you brought me in. And so 
I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And that was kind of always a joke. But I think about that when it comes to like, like pastor said, like in the beginning of this message, he does, he lists, you know, uh, Ephesians five, it talks about, like you said, the six things not to do and the nine things to do or 10 things to do. And the first half of the message, he's just talking on that. And there was a part of me going, just like you said, there's a part of me going, man, is this like, you know, I think it was like 19 minutes in. I was like, is this all we're talking about today? <laughs> like, is he just going to be like, here they are. Here's what they mean. Let's pray, you know? And so I'm so glad he made that shift on, on that because again, if we just focus on the rules without the relationship, it can be so daunting and it can be so like heavy. And so I guess the, the question I want to throw at you is, is um, how, how do you think we can be good imitators of God when it comes to the do's and don'ts and, and, and how is it that having a relationship changed the way you looked at like rules and regulations? I know that was two questions. I'll let you just jump at whatever one you wanted to, or yeah. your takeaways from that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with you on the the first part. I was listening. I was like, oh dang, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. We're, going, we're going right in. Yeah. You're doing this. You don't do this. Um, but I guess I would think of it or the, the, like when he said the perspective change mm-hmm. of like looking at more of a, a father figure and in like God leading by example of sorts. Yeah. Yes. Um, like it made me think back to like my childhood and like me and my dad are, are close, super close. And, yeah. and of all the things of, of just stepping back and watching and learning mm-hmm. and, and like, you know, what makes him proud and you know, what makes him happy but then like the little things that he's taught me yeah, and then being able to start to pass those on to like my kids. Yes. Um, like this summer I was out, out in the garage and couldn't get the weed whacker started. And I'm like, come here girls, you're going to learn how to change a carburetor on a weed whacker. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, dad, we're in. Um, and, and just kind of seeing the, like the joy in their face yeah. of like the time that they get to spend spend with me mm-hmm. and, and translating that to looking at, you know, me as a Jesus person, that time with God and knowing, you know, yeah. he, he's always proud and he's always happy and yep. with what we do, but letting it kind of sink in and really being like, yeah, like I'm doing, I'm doing God's work. And, yeah. and this is um, like, it's cool. It feels good. Yeah. Uh, I had this moment with my dad, during Christmas um, where I just felt like calling him and saying, Hey, thank you. Um, because there were some things he did in our lives that when I was younger, I didn't agree with. In fact, I kind of villainized him for it. And then stepping back as a dad, like you said, and realizing, no, he did this for my benefit. And he took on the, the villain role. I mean, he not saying like, Oh, I'm the villain. He understood that this didn't make him the cool dad. And, um, and that's something I could tell you that I've even done with my kids now, as I, I tell myself, I don't really want to be your friend as much as I just want to be your dad. And I know some people are hearing like, that's really harsh, but like they have enough friends, like, but they only have one dad. Yep. And so I just want to be their dad. And I have to be the one who's, who's tough. And I have to be the one who's who's hard. And, and I know they're going to be like, you're not cool. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with that because I know, and I believe there's going to be a day where they're going to go. I'm really glad you taught me that. Cause now I'm doing that with my dad too. And so I think it's interesting that again, it's, but also I loved too, is, 
it was six, the thing that stuck out to me is six things not to do, but six, uh, nine things or 10 things to do. Because sometimes I think you hear believers when they talk about, oh, the Bible's full of, you know, do, you know, don't do this, don't do that. And it's like, actually, there's a lot of what you should do and what would, and what you would benefit from. And, and so it's, it's just interesting. But again, ha- not having that connection, I totally get why people would be like, yeah, it's just rules. But when you have the relationship, when you have the, when I want to say, I want to imitate God with my words and my actions, he, I don't have to go blank. I don't have to go like, how, how do I do it? He goes, well, here. Here's what to do and here's not what to do. Just imitate that and see what happens in your life. And it's like, oh yeah. And so the benefit that kind of comes from that. So, which I love. Yeah. I love that. The the benefit. Yes. You don't look at that. You look at like, oh, it's only 10 things to do. Yeah. But look look at the other side of it. Look at the benefits and and what it'll bring your life. Oh yeah. Um, is, is the greater part of it, not the list of things that yeah. you should do. It's and I think the beginning of my Jesus journey, I didn't look at it that way. It's like, okay, just, just, if you could get it, just, you know, okay, three days of not doing this three days. And oh, I, all right. All right. Starting day one again, you know, it's, it's, uh, I did it, you know, but, but again, looking at again, the benefits and, and things like that, where you, I remember someone telling me that every time you don't sin, it's a miracle. And I was like, Whoa, like I never thought about that. So like, so if you don't do the sin, that you had a problem with, that's a miracle happening. And I'm like, whoa, I never thought of it that. But again, looking and in, in the perspective of the benefit of that, I think is really, really huge. Yeah. So, all right. And it's why when Jesus shows up and he welcomes children around him, some of his disciples are like, hey, hey, whoa, no, no, get, get those kids. Get those kids out of here, man. We don't want nothing to do with those kids. Those kids are, are unwanted. Those kids are the dregs of society, but Jesus, he's like, bro, how slow your roll, bro. Like, no, don't keep those kids away from me. I love kids. I, I welcome kids. And with that, Jesus changed the way an entire culture saw kids. And for people who viewed him as a Messiah, he changed the way an entire culture saw God. He showed them God's heart as a father. He revealed no matter how damaged they were or how unwanted they were by society, that God would rescue them by adopting them into his family. And what started happening was followers of Jesus began, they began imitating what Jesus modeled about his father. And so when Christianity started to grow in the early Roman Empire, Jesus followers, they they started taking all these discarded, abandoned, abused kids. And when the scandalous people were trying to grab them, the Jesus people, they would jump on top of them, they would cover them, they would take them, and they, they started adopting them. Why? Because your theology always informs your activity. However it is you receive God is how you're gonna reflect God. Man, your theology always determines your activity. Um, but I love also what he, so, you know, before that clip, uh, Pastor kind of talked about the history of kids, which I didn't know about. Like, yeah. I didn't know that some, like the average age was five days. Right. And they didn't name kids until after 10 days. So it was like, okay, if you were 10 days, hey, you, you kind of beat the average. But then also girls, like discarded, throwing heaps, thrown into, you know, sold a prostitution, boys to be made gladiators. Like, I was like, this is insane that this is happening. Uh, and then it took Jesus, because again, I, you know, in kids ministry, that message, you that verse you hear all the time, no, let the children come to me. Right. You know, we should actually have faith like children and stuff like that. And I didn't know the history of it was not that like, 
I always thought the disciples were annoyed, like, like, or they were hungry. That was my biggest thing. <laughs> like why? Like, all right, Jesus is almost done. Okay. We're, we're looking about dinner time right now. Oh, what are those kids doing over here? No, no, get out of here. We're, we're, we gotta go. You're like, you know, we're on a time crunch, <laughs> right. uh, but not realizing that just the way that kids were looked and that him changing that stance then carried over and how Jesus gave us the example of God as a father, not as a being, mm-hmm. you know, which I thought was really, really cool. So, and really great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I thought kind of one thing I took from it was, um, I guess like, so imitating Jesus with the kids, um, as Jesus people being able to do that with, with not just kids, but with other people or maybe, um, non-believers or, mm-hmm. or, and we, and we've talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks is, um, being bold yeah. and being able to, you know, like, like Jesus taking the kids mm-hmm. and, or telling the disciples, no, let the kids in, in, yeah. in a time when kids were yeah not looked at that way. Like, and Jesus is always bold, mm-hmm. but that stood out to me. Like, oh, that, that's bold. That's yeah. That's cool. So, so imitating that in our daily lives and, mm-hmm. and being able to, to go out and, and speak to somebody that maybe you wouldn't normally speak to or yes. bring it up or, um, and, and I'll admit, I found myself the last couple of weeks, like with a shameless plug with the men's retreat coming up. Yeah. Um, but messaging a few people that I wouldn't normally message Yeah. and being like, Hey, uh, we got this thing going on you know, it's going to be awesome. We're going to, we're going to, you know, explaining, we're going to do some breakouts. We're going to do this and we're Mm -hmm. going to, get, get our emotions out as men. And that's not normally a thing, but being bold and and pushing that to to some people that I wouldn't, wouldn't normally do and listen to his take on, on the children made me think, think that way too. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because now you're seeing, you see hope in them when you didn't, you know, that you normally wouldn't. Or again, like you said too, is, is, is it, that mindset should change. I love it. That should change the way we approach all people mm-hmm. that we shouldn't have a certain type of person, status, race, you know, anything like that, that makes us go like, I'll talk to these people, but mm, I don't know. And it's like, no, no, no. God's laid it out that he wants us to go to all people, all nations and give the same excitement, love, patience, um, wisdom, to all people knowing that God can do amazing things. And so again, we, you know, we're not called to save, we're just called to tell. And so I think it's, but again, like, yeah, like that mindset changing is going, you know, like, why haven't I talked to that coworker? Why haven't I talked to that neighbor? You you know, maybe it is because we've put this, this stigma on them. Oh, they're, we've said no for them. That really what it is, yep. yeah. you know, where we say, no, they probably would never come to my church. They'd probably never come to a guy's retreat and and then to stop and go, but, but God can do all things. Yep. So like, why would I put that on them? So I, I totally agree with that. And, and I, I love again, that, that carried over. And so I guess to me, it motivates me to go, is there anything I can do as a believer, any stance I can take, any any wisdom I could do, any boldness I could say that could carry over to other people, you know? And so I hope that you saying, hey, I reached out to some guys about Guys Retreat and invited them. Maybe people listen to podcasts and go, well, yeah, why haven't I reached out to this person? You know, because I think there's going to be people going, yeah, yeah, I should reach out to my brother. You know, I should reach out to my 
coworker. I could reach out to my boss and, and things that we would normally say no to maybe God's pushing us to say, no, say yes. Yeah. And see what I could do with that. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I need you to understand God's not like that. He, he's not an absentee dad. He, he's not a father who abandoned his family. In fact, he's the exact opposite. He's looking for people who've been hurt and damaged, wounded and abandoned, left on the trash heap of life who can, who can, he can make a part of his family and change their identity and destiny by giving them his name and all the rights, benefits and inheritance that come along with that name. I loved it. I mean, again, I think I, I I chose this clip because the father, that he is he is not an absent father. He is not your father, my father. You know, not not you know trying to downplay either our fathers, but even as great as our dads are, God's even greater. He's even a better father, and and he is a father to the fatherless also. And so I think it's it's one of those things where we have to change the stigma of how we we look at God. And I think going back to the the whole thing of Ephesians 5, I think helps with that too. That connection is necessary. That when he is your father, you can look at the things you don't do because you go, you know what, you're, you're, you care about me and you're looking out for me. So I'm, so I am going to honor you by not doing this. And, and, and here, here's what I love too about fathers too is, and we already kind of talked about this is sometimes we'll look at the rules and we go, but if I mess up, he's going to turn his back on me because that's maybe that's what unearthly father would do. But God's no, he's going to pick you back up. He's going to let you go. And I, and I, I really, really love that. And so, so I guess, um, how does that change for you as, as a, as a person going, okay, now that I look at God as a father, I can do this differently or that differently or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd say it, it doesn't, or you're, you kind of don't live in, like we were saying a little bit earlier, you, mm-hmm. you almost kind of don't live in, in fear of like messing up. Yeah. Um, and, and we mess up and we sin and, and it's built in us. But when you have like, like look at, you know, like an earthly father, you know, your dad, you mess up and you know, they get mad and they pull you under their wing and they say, Hey, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Like I take care of you. We have that like overarching God. And when you get that fatherly relationship, like, or you, you know, when, when something happens and you feel like that Holy spirit, like, mm-hmm. boom, like God's hand on you saying, yeah. Hey, I got you. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're going to be okay. Or the, the lowest points of your life or the, the things that happen, like looking at it from like a fatherly perspective, like, Oh, he's got me. Yeah. Like, or like, as, as dads, you give your kid a hug yes. and they just melt into you yes. and like being able to understand that feeling from God. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure you've had this where you're like in a tough spot or just have a bad day or, and, and you you pray, you talk to him and all of a sudden that peace comes over you. Yes. Like that melting hug. You're like, okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that so, so much. So that's, that's what I was thinking of when you said that. Uh, yeah. Just that. Yeah, I, I and I love that that too. I was thinking. I remember. I think Pastor talked about this the week before about like the uh, the process of stoning 
mm-hmm. and how really the whole point wasn't to throw a bunch of rocks at you, but like to get you with the first stone. And to and then to it makes total sense why when you know the religious people went and and were trying to you know get this woman stoned, he said, he who hasn't sinned, throw the first stone, meaning like then kill her if you haven't sinned. Yep. And I love that because again, he wasn't just um, helping that woman. He was reminding them that like, hey, we're all not perfect, but I'm still here for you. Mm-hmm. And I still want to carry you and help you and and guide you. And I even remember in that, that portion of scripture, he did something where like he would kind of bow down. He would come to the level of the woman and, and not that he would, he, it just, that, again, that ability, like you said, to, to, to melt with, you know, to come down and say, and pick you up and say, it's okay. I know, Hey, I know, I know it's, this isn't the first time, mm-hmm. you know, I know, I know you're still struggling with that. I know, you know, um, but it's okay, you know, and, and, and to kind of carry through that. So, um, uh, Jake and I go to this group on Thursdays. It's a guy's group. And and we were talking about what, you know, what we're fasting. And, and I remember one of the guys said, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling, you know, I'm, I'm fasting not to swear. And there would have been a piece of me like, Oh, maybe 10 years ago, be like, that's not enough. And, and, and kind of being frustrated with him. And then as we're talking, he, he sweared on accident yep. and we all joked about it, but no one was like, Hey man, you just broke your fast. Like <laughs> what's wrong with you? And I think because we all understand, Hey, we're not all perfect either. Yep. You know, that we're trying, you know, we're trying our best. We're, we're, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're sinful people, you know? And, um, but I could say that because I understand how gracious God is yeah, and how, um, and how forgiving and loving he is. And so, I think that changes a lot. Again, when you look at him as a father and, and as a good father, and um, it it makes me worship different. It makes me, um, you know, pray different. I, I could tell you that, you know, I pray the way I pray now and the way I journal now is more like talking to a dad, you know, and saying, thanks, thanks a lot. And Hey, help me with this. Uh, I'm struggling. Can, can you just help me, you know, and, and giving guidance and, you know, cause like with a dad, you know, when dad's, even now, I don't know about you. Do you like, do you still call your dad for help on things? Like, oh hey, yeah, 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 uh, constantly. Yeah. Okay. So we never get to a point in our life where we're like, hey, I'm in, you know, I'm old enough to understand it. You know, um, I ask my dad for advice all the time. You know, on on cars, finances. Like, it was one of those things too, which is very weird. I know this is off topic, but it's still talking about dads. I found out late in life that my dad like is really good at making cars. I like, um, growing up, we'd always go to mechanics, stuff like that. And he had like a great friend that was a mechanic. And then I see this photo album, like all these photo albums of cars. And I was like, Hmm, my dad was really into cars. It looks like, but then I see like a photo of like the before and the photo of after. And I was like, what is this? And my dad goes, Oh, I used to buy them like this and turn them into that. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> it blew my mind. I think I found this out like eight years old, 10 years old. And I was like, that's, I didn't know that, you know? And I was like, why don't you still do that? And he goes, cause I don't want to get my hands dirty anymore. I mean, yeah, I'm too old, you know, but, <laughs> but understanding that the knowledge he has, even then I didn't know, you know, again, going back to God, like God has knowledge and understanding. Sometimes I can't even comprehend it. Yep. And I have to remember, that's why we got to constantly go to him, constantly go to him. He's like, you know what? I know who knows it all. And I know who can take care of it all. And I know that nothing is too small or big or, you know, that this isn't, this is nothing that's too hard for him, you know? And so uh, I just, yeah, 
And it helps me a lot, I think, not just as a person, but as a pastor too and and things like that, just to go like, God is a big God. Um, I can tell you going to Catalyst, I know I'm talking a lot, but it just my mind is like now all <laughs> over the place and you can just jump in. Um, I, I think about people who come into Catalyst and um, you know, maybe they're a little rough around the edges and internally I can go, oh, let's keep eyes on that one. You know, let's make sure. And this shift happened in me where I was like, I'm glad that kid's here. Cause man, when God does something in his life and her life, it's not just going to affect her. It's going to affect everyone around her, right? Everyone around him yep. where they're going to be like, you know, I, I think I told this story once I, uh, maybe I told you or not, but there was a girl in Las Vegas where I'm from who uh, started coming to youth group and a gothic girl. She wore all black and and we always would just try to say hi to her and stuff like that. And she gave her life to Jesus and got really involved, became a student leader. And then there was a Sunday that came where her mom comes to church and she introduces her and I, I go, oh, nice to meet you. And I remember her saying to me, yeah, I had to come to the place that changed my kid's life. That's and, cool. And, you know, and it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, God, when God does what he does in people's life, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody around you. And so I think, again, looking at him as a father and looking at him as a great father, it helps me to just to see everything differently. And especially like we said, you know, uh, six do's and or six don't do's and nine do's. You see, even me, yeah. I'm like, no, no, right. it's it's more don'ts than do's. No, it's 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 more do's than don'ts. Yeah, so. yeah. Something that jumped out to me. You talked talked about worship, yes, and, and worshiping, and um, and that, and I'm I was not a worshiper. Uh-huh. I was I was the crossed arms guy. Yeah, like, um, you know, just what it wasn't wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of realize how, like, I don't know, just what worship does for you just to like give that praise and glory to God and just like surrender everything yeah. and the the feeling that it gives you. Mm-hmm. And then like, so we listen to worship music in the car yeah. and no lie on the way, dropping Parker off on the way here, she's singing, she's just yeah. blaring it out. And I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. And to, to catalyst, like, like those, like the eighth grader, they're, they're hard, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, <laughs> bro, I'm not doing that, you know? Yeah. And there was a couple of weeks where all of a sudden, like, I'm, you know, I'm in it, yep. Jermaine's in it, like you're talking. Yeah. Um, and you look over and their hands up and, and yeah. they're singing. And, uh, I like got in the car. I'm like, AJ, eighth grade boys were, they were worshiping. They're yeah. praising. This is so cool. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, you know, so just that, that was one thing of like, when you were talking about yeah. the, the things to do or, you know, worship was, was one for me that, and now, now that's like, I'm in the shower and I'm worshiping. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. But it was so cool too. I remember seeing that. Cause I, I do this thing where I, I speak and then I just go to the very, very back and I worship and, and, uh, and cause I can't be in chairs. Uh, even, even I think this week I'm going to kind of encourage people like, if you want to get out of your chairs and worship, do it. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't be in it. Cause I get so focused on the rows and am I going to fall over and am I going to run into someone? <laughs> right. Is my hand going to be in someone's face? And so I'm in the back and I do, I see these, I, you know, these two towers, you know, of Jake and Jermaine and, and in between them are guys worshiping. And I, I think I went to you guys afterwards. I said, did you guys like make them worship. And you're like, no, I, I didn't even know they were yeah. until someone told me. And, and it made me realize, you know what? That's just what a good leader does. They just lead by example. And then I think those boys got to a point where they were just like, well, what's my excuse, man? Yeah. Like he's, he's going after it. My, you know, and, and 
I'll just give it a try. And so I think it's, it's, again, it's, it's so cool when you're in relationship, how it just makes you go, you go from saying, like you said, doing something you would never, you thought you would never do to then like, now you do it all the time. I really thought you were going to be like, I'm worshiping in the car and I'm like, <laughs> people are honking like, you're driving right. you know? I'm praising <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> cool. All right. We got one more clip to get into real quick. So basically God's just telling us we're his image bearers. Everything we say and do, that it's a reflection on him. It's, it's what the commandment, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, is reflecting. He's saying, I've given you a chance. Don't waste it or use it in vain. I've, I've given you this gift. I've adopted you into my family. You're my son or my daughter. But in this family, son, in this family, daughter, we conduct ourselves in a certain way. So um, it's interesting because he, he does talk about this, you know, kind of before this clip was, um, you know, that when you're in a family, you do things a certain way. And the first thing that came to my head was, I don't know if you had to do this as a family, but my dad would make us, when we answered the phone, we would have to say Cox residence. And my, and my family calls me DJ. So I'd go Cox residence, DJ speaking. And that's just what you had to do if you answered the phone. And I can tell you like every time, like I decided like, I'm not going to do that. That's when my dad would be on the phone. If I'm like, hello. And he's like, hello. I thought I did. No, no, we do Cox residence. Right. You know, why didn't you do the Cox residence? And, and it's just, it was something that, um, you know, I understand now as, as an adult, I go, okay, no, he was just trying to, you know, make sure you're, cause hello is awkward. Right. I actually called, I called an organization I, and, um, and the way she goes, hello. And I was like, Hey, is this so-and-so <laughs> like, so now I go, Oh, I get it now. Like yep. he's establishing something. Uh, so that was the one thing that stuck out to me about that. But the other thing was the commandment not to use your name in vain. I'm going to say I'm 38 years old. That blew my mind because yeah. I've been teaching my kids. It's just, no, we want to honor his name by uh, saying it correctly. Yep. And so the, you know, like my, uh, my oldest, her biggest thing was she didn't like that people would say, Oh my God, she didn't like it yeah. to the point it would make her cry. Oh. Like, stop saying, Oh my God, right. stop saying it. Like, yeah. cause she looked at it as a sin. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our pastor just blow our minds and just go, no, what that means is, um, honor his name with your life, yeah. with your choices, with like, with what you do. And I'm like, Whoa, like that kind of like really blew my mind. So, so kind of looking on that, like, um, what are some takeaways that you kind of took away from that clip? Yeah, that I actually thought the same thing because mm -hmm. um, uh, the book I'm reading talked to the same thing. It was wild. I was reading this book and then watching that, it was like, yeah. it like crossed um, and it and kind of like you're taking on his name. Like when you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, mm -hmm. like, you know, like uh, you get married and your wife takes your name, like you take in Jesus's name. Yeah. And, and now you have to honor that name. Yeah. And you have to, in the things that you do and, um, in your, in your attitude and the way that you talk to yourself mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of something that, that stuck out to me, um, in this book is, you know, we have a tendency to, to be like, you know, um, like, oh, I'm bad at this or, oh, I'm, you know, and, and put ourselves down, mm -hmm. but God doesn't look at us that way. Yeah. Like, you know, like, 
Um, it's like, let's see, I wrote it down because I wanted to remember it. Yeah. So, so like I'm pathetic. You, mm-hmm. you, you label yourself that, but God, your father says, no, you are powerful. Yeah. Like you are, you know, this, this person that, you know, live, live that way. Yeah. Don't, don't look at yourself this way. Mm-hmm. Glor- glorify my name in yes. the way that you, that you, you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was the big, yeah, the, the whole, I, I looked at it the same way. Like, oh, you can't say, oh my God, yeah. or, you know, um, but it's, it's glorifying the name that you are given yes almost. And, um, I actually have a post-it note on my computer desk, mm-hmm. right on my computer that I've written down. It says, do what glorifies God. Yeah. And it just is the, the constantly reminding myself of like the actions daily, mm-hmm. make sure I'm glorifying God in that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so th- those are the, I, I right there with you. I love um, it. And I love what you said about that because I think sometimes we do, we like, and the book he's talking about is unqualified by Stephen Furtick. It's, you know, I, I know people are like, what book is he talking about? Uh, <laughs> um, but we can do that. We can, we can um, think we're not qualified, you know, to, to meet, you know, God's, you know, standards. And, and now we're not, we're not perfect. I get that. But we find in the book, there's so many people in the Bible that go, I'm not good enough. But God goes, no, 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 you don't understand it. You, you, yes, you by yourself yep. aren't good enough. But when you walk in with me, when you accept that you are part of my family, my tribe, my way of living, you are qualified and you will do great things. The focus has to be off of you and onto me. And I think that was like, I guess if there was like an overarching theme of, of what this message was is, you know, we are qualified because we are adopted, mm-hmm. that we are in this family. And, you know, I think like, again, when I think about adoption also, you know, I'm a comic book guy. So, you know, um, you know, in Batman, Bruce Wayne, yep. he adopts Dick Grayson and he, and Dick Grayson, you know, was part of, uh, you know, the, 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 the flying Graysons. He was an acrobat and everything like that. And he was a part of the circus and he goes from being a part of the circus to now he's a, a millionaire or a billionaire, but also becomes a crime fighter. And yeah. it's just, he gets adopted into this great life. I mean, a crazy life. He gets to fight bad guys and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but you know, but like that, but you go from being one way to another. That's what adoption is, is no, 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 no. Stop doing your old way of th- saying things. No, you don't have to eat on the floor. We don't eat on the floor here. We have a table. No, you don't have to steal that. No, we can purchase that. Yeah. You know, no, you don't have to wear those, you know, your old clothes. We have new clothes for you. And so it's the, it's that newness. It's that, that way of thinking and, and living and doing. And I think Again, when we look at it that way, then you go, oh man, that's like, that's what I need to remind myself. I am qualified. I am called. I am able. God will give me the words because I'm adopted into his family. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Having the understanding that, that God is, he has adopted us. Yeah. Like he, he isn't working on the papers. Like yeah. he's, he's already, <laughs> it's done. It's signed. He's, he's got us and, oh, and we're. Yeah, we're we're under him. So. I love I love that. I love you said that the yeah. papers because it's not a process. It's not a changing your mind thing. You're like, hey, you better knock it off. I haven't signed yet. <laughs> right? No, what he did with Jesus, that's signed, it's sealed, it's delivered, and all we have to do is walk in it. Man, yeah. that was good. I love that so much. 
Well, Jake, thank you so much, man, for being here with me. Thank you for being um, my very first guest, not only on Chew on That, but a podcast. I've never right. actually hosted sure. a podcast. I'm honored. So I, cool. I love it so much. And also, thank you. Uh, if you're listening right now, thank you for joining us on this episode of Chew on That. And if you enjoy this episode and think someone you know may benefit from the benefit from the topics we've discussed, can you do us a favor? Just please share the link to this podcast on either Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I, Snapchat, uh, TikTok. I don't know if you can share it on those <laughs> things or not. Uh, also, we'd love for you to rate and review this podcast because when you do that and, and we get more and more rates and reviews, it gets more exposure to more and more people to get them really exposed to the life-giving message of Jesus. Again, my name is Dallas and we can't wait to talk with you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>